0: Welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as we get to know some of our sisters as well as women from all walks of life as they gather around the mics every week. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at DaughterSTPaul. Enjoy today's episode. there and welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. My name is Sister Tracy and I'm a daughter of St. Paul stationed in Chicago. And I am Sister Benedicta and I'm a daughter of St. Paul stationed in Boston. And we're so grateful to God to be here once again with you all. Um, Thank you all so much for those of you who are listening to all of our podcasts. um, It really is a blessing to be able to, to talk about the gift of our femininity, to talk about the gift of our being created in the image and likeness of God. And to have all these wonderful guests that we've been able to, to share ourselves with, but also to hear from them, their experience of being a daughter of God, to being made in the image and likeness of God, and also struggling with, you know, all the things that can often cloud over what it means for us to live free and true in our true identity. So these conversations Mm -hmm. have been a great light for me and I hope that they are also um, really enlightening your own path as you walk this journey. Yeah,
1: I was thinking too, like I know we're like two-thirds of the way
0: through this season, Mm -hmm. and
1: I was thinking, I feel like I've made so many friends I just in the past few weeks. I know. Which is this year has not been something we've really done much of. So (laughs) it's been really fun. Yes, this
0: is a huge grace to connect with each other. And and that is going to be a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Um, But before we get to that, another way that you all can connect is to connect with um, the life of our sisters kind of on a day-to-day basis. And we've been kind of just Mm -hmm. doing that with our little segment, Overheard in the Convent. And um, Sister Benedicta, I believe you have something to share. I do. There's a sister in our house who's known for her very dry, very,
1: very dry wit and humor. But it's always at the ready. It's like she's got like she's got pistols and they're ready. It's like <laughs> right there. And sometimes you walk away and you realize, yeah, oh, that was hilarious. I know. So I was I was trying to get a rise out of her a little bit and I was talking about some mischief. I was teasing. I wasn't really going to do it, but I was just kind of trying to see how she would react if I teased her about getting into some some kind of mischief. I don't actually even remember what we were talking about now, and mm-hmm. um, and she looks at me and she goes, "Huh, I don't know. I think I'd rather go to the non-smoking section of Eternity."
0: Yeah, like what? <laughs> <laughs> you walk away from things like that, and you're like, "Am I supposed to be pondering this?" You know, I mean, <laughs> like it sounds deep, I but no, know. you know, it's she is funny. She is funny, and she, I remember, I have so many memories of her. Um, and I guess it's you know, it depends on who you are. Like you're you get different types of humor. Uh, one mm-hmm. one time we were practicing for um Easter, I believe. And, mm-hmm. you know, in our chapel in the, in the convent chapel, yeah, the mother house, we were practicing for the all the liturgies. And, you know, we're going through all this new music and you know, it was getting kind of frustrating because um, one section of the choir could not get this one part. And they were, the director was like, come on, sister, just read the music. And she's like, I don't read music. And she's like, I'm just a poor slob who sings part-time music. <laughs> And I was like, you know, that's like 15 years ago, and I'll never forget the phrase, poor slob who sings part-time music. Because to me, it just totally says what we feel like we are sometimes, you know? It's true. It's so funny. And she has a few, like, repeating
1: lines, too. If you ask her, hey, are you going to be around later? She'll say, it's the only shape I come in. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it was like so, the, 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 okay we, we could go on this forever but like one more we are probably um, good. yeah she she said one time you know in the convent sometimes we have body wash and sometimes we have to make do with whatever's in the shower whenever you're there yeah. and um so she, she says so she's taking her shower and she looks over and she's like i look for the body wash and there's no bottle of body wash and she said there was a bottle it was of shampoo <laughs> She says, but I got scared because it said volumizing, and I don't need to be volumizing. And I was thinking to myself, only you would think of that, sister. Only you. It's true. Oh, Oh, man. God bless her. Uh, We we could do a whole just series on. Yeah. Some of her quips. Just a podcast, just on her little sections. But we don't want to do that because oh we've goodness. got but that's not what we're doing a great time. conversation planned. That's right. That's right. So we really are so excited and happy to welcome Katie Waldown. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us, Katie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So Katie, you have also contributed a beautiful letter to the book, a Place to Belong, that's all published by the Daughters of St. Paul and will be coming out very, very soon. And I have to say that as I read your your words, I was very moved from the very beginning to the very end. And it just kind of touched me on so many different levels. I just want to, first of all, thank you for just offering who you are and giving that as a gift, really, to open up maybe for others um, some of our own questions. And I, I think one of the, the areas that really can speak to so many of us is that idea of what to do in the waiting and yes. and how that can just really be a part of our journey while maybe it's not something we planned to be doing for the a period of time that we find ourselves doing it. And that can be kind of frustrating. But before we get into that specifically, uh, Katie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your who you are, and kind of how you got mixed up in this project, the book, and also uh, where you find yourself now.
2: Okay, great. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yes, I loved what you said about that. I, I think that was really such a lesson for me when i finally got to that point where it was like oh i should maybe be asking like what god wants me to do instead of just like sitting here wondering you know Uh, maybe he would have some insights and so i'm katie Waldow. i am a wife a mom i live in ocean city new jersey which is like an hour south of philly it's a little beach town it's really nice i really love it been here about 10 years I work full-time in youth ministry as a director of youth and young adult faith formation. So that's my full-time job. Mm -hmm. And I started that again, like I said, probably almost 10 years ago, um, which is wild to think that it's been that long. (laughs) But just to share a little bit about my journey, uh, my husband and I, we met on Catholic match and uh, we started dating long distance talking and eventually, you know, found ourselves in the same place and got married in the summer, early summer, spring of 2014. Mm-hmm. And we had always talked about when we were dating, we would have these things called big conversations, or like big conversation dates, where we would bring up like a potentially volatile, controversial mm-hmm. topic, mm-hmm. and see where we both stood so that it wasn't any kind of like surprise mm-hmm. going into marriage. So we did this throughout our dating life and our and our engaged relationship. And part of that was, you know, talk all about the aspect of having children and you know when did we want to have kids and were we ready and all of that stuff um, and you know everything from that to homeschool to like you know what were we going to do like literally so many you know potential plans which was good you know I, I know it was maybe some of it was preemptive but it was good to have these conversations done to kind of know where we both stood and um you know we both were we're eager to have children right away. We both are a one of four and we both come from large extended families. Mm-hmm. And we were really hopeful that we would, um, you know, I know people joke about having like a honeymoon baby or, you know, you know, like just having children right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were really hopeful that that would be part of our story and, and welcomed it and were excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, growing up, had polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, and I still deal with the symptoms of that. Mm -hmm. So I would bring that up in our conversation and mention that it might be a roadblock, but I wasn't sure. Obviously, you know, you don't know until you know. And so then we, once we got married, uh, the first few months, we uh, did not have, we were not pregnant. And so I started to have, you know, some of my health issues looked into as to why that might happen. The PCOS was like officially confirmed for me. And we went through a local doctor to kind of help us do the things that we knew that we were allowed to do, like within the church to like help us ovulate and all that to try to have a kid. And um, none of those things worked. And it was very uh, emotional and it was very taxing financially. And it was very just like all over the place as newlyweds mm-hmm. to be doing this, you know, um, but to still just like have that deep desire um, and to try to stay open and try to ask for the Lord was calling us. So that kind of, I mean, we like started our marriage that way, which was really difficult. So we had to take a step back about a year and a half. And when just it was not working, um, we kind of just like laid it at the foot of the cross. You know, we were just like, you know what, God, this is yours. And I know I should have probably been doing that at the beginning. And I was in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, but I really wanted to be in control of the situation Mm -hmm. and thought like, okay, if I have uh, if I have an answer about like what is, quote unquote, wrong with me or going on with me, you know, then I can find a solution to it, you know, and it can work. It was it was very difficult. And I didn't know what to do with it because, you know, a lot of people I can't you can't just conversation or or I couldn't in just conversation be like yeah so how's your day it's great I'm just dealing with infertility and you know like uh, so I felt like there wasn't much space Mm. to talk about these things Mm -hmm. and at the same time you know I'm a young adult married woman in the church who has yet to have any children and I felt like you know there would start to be comments not like oh you guys should have kids or when are you going to have kids or you know things that I just didn't really have answers to Mm -hmm. I started to feel like the Lord was calling me to speak into that space. Mm. You know, I, I kept wondering like, well, why isn't, why don't I see any resources? Why don't I hear anyone sharing their stories of kind of walking through this? Mm. You know, I don't really know anyone who's experienced this. Um, So I I prayed about it and I prayed about it and I made the decision to share on my blog that I had, you know, kind of what we had been going through um, in that period of time. And the response that I received was just like, overwhelmingly compassionate, I felt seen, I felt listened to. And I even had some women who began to share some of their stories with me, you know, who would privately message me and say, Hey, you know, I just appreciate you saying this, I wanted to share that, you know, your story resonated with me. And this happened to me as well. And I didn't know what to do or who to speak to, you know, and I, I didn't know how to feel in relation to my identity with the Lord, you know, and I, it just was like such a powerful experience for me to to have these women who um all of a sudden I felt were were like were like me, I could relate to, you know? Um and I just felt like, okay, God, instead of sitting here and asking, like, you know, waiting on what's next and and just, you know, not doing anything with that time, like, where are you calling me, God? It's a vulnerable thing uh, to feel like I I want to share this, but then it's like, am I oversharing? Am I sharing enough? You know, it's it's a very vulnerable thing to kind of Put that stuff out there, uh, but it felt necessary. It felt like something that God was calling me to do. So I just continued to just ask for the words, you know, ask for the grace. And really just be in those moments with those women as they share their story with me. And as I continue to share our story as it unfolded, mm. uh, we found a, a NAPRO doctor, mm. I guess that's how you say, it, or NAPRO doctor, mm. Um, that was like two hours away. So we started working with him Um, and he was a godsend. I had what was called an ovarian wedge resection in 2017, um, and that restored my cycles, restored, you know, a lot of like health for me, which mm. was so helpful, mm. but we still <laughs> didn't get pregnant. And I know that like health was a huge thing. It was a major thing. Uh, but there was still this longing on my heart, you know, three years into marriage. And hearing all these stories of Oh, like, well, I waited this long. And then I had a baby. I waited this long. And I had a baby. And I just kept thinking, like, how long am I going to wait, Lord? And that was really just hard to continually have to bring up and to come to terms with the waiting maybe you know forever I, there was no guarantee that there was mm. going to be children as a part of my story in terms of me having them biologically mm-hmm. you know and this was something that i had to constantly wrestle with as it related to my faith and um and to you know the things that we were going through. So we just kind of continued on the same. I kept sharing our story, you know, talking about the things that I was struggling with, trying to connect with other women, you know, through the Catholic woman, um, mm-hmm. through women online mm-hmm. who who I was able to find community with in the same aspect, as difficult as it was. And then in 2018 we got pregnant. I just was like, Lord, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, like what a miracle. Mm-hmm. And, um, unfortunately we lost that baby to miscarriage and that was equally devastating after years and years of waiting. Um, and it, it began and broke open a whole new aspect Mm -hmm. that I was not even aware of, you know, that I had never experienced. And my heart just, it breaks for all the women who have had to experience this because it really is, um, it can be so difficult and isolating, Mm -hmm. you know, to be in that Mm -hmm. space, But I kept praying, I kept hoping, you know, and I kept asking the Lord, just, you know, do with me what you will, you know, show me where you want me to go. And, and trying to at the same time, you know, be open to whatever our family would look like for us, and also be open to the possibility of that not being part of the journey of my life. We got pregnant again in July of 2019. And again, a couple weeks later, that ended in miscarriage. Um, And for me, this kind of put me into like a time of desolation, I would Mm -hmm. say, you know, I don't think I felt that in the time I thought I was doing okay, I was just like living, whatever. Uh, But when I look back on that time, I really felt like, okay, God, like, I thought I was doing all the things I thought I was going where you were calling me. But again, it was me having to look at my faith and realize that I was making it like a conditional thing that I was still Mm -hmm. like, Putting all this hope into, you know, what I was wanting the outcome to be instead of really just like surrendering um, my will to his will. I went through this period of desolation and I just was I felt very alone. And I was still, you know, trying to walk with other women through their experiences, listen to their journeys and try to have that connection at the same time we had a lot of conversations, me and Steve, that were difficult conversations. And we got to a point where we were like, okay, maybe we just have to really finally mean it when we say like, we're going to accept whatever the Lord's will is, you know, like, and maybe that does not include biological children. So we started just kind of letting it go. We started um, kind of praying through that kind of talking about what our life would look like as the two of us trying to discern if we were called to other like foster parenting or adoptive parenting, trying to lean into the ways that we felt called to be spiritual mother, spiritual father um, in our own lives. And then I went to uh, Ireland for a retreat with Blessed is She. I was uh, helping lead their retreat, doing like social media stuff for them Mm -hmm. and photos. Mm -hmm. And while we were there, I went to the shrine at Knock once the retreat was over And I was sitting in the shrine and I was like reading a little bit about it. And I was just praying and I had stopped praying and asking the Lord for children. I had stopped doing that. I just was like, you know what? I just have to like let it go for my own personal well-being, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. But then I was sitting in this church and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it just was the Holy Spirit. I don't know if it was the spirit of just being, you know, the entire retreat, the place that I was in, being at Knock. But I felt this like desire to be bold in my prayer. And so I was, you know, and I felt like that was the moment that I started kind of coming back to the Lord in a way that was not, I was like being led out of that period of desolation, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just was bold in my prayer. And I just was like, Lord, just, you know, help me, please like give me courage, give me strength. And I asked for all these very specific things that I had not done in a while because I just was... I had been afraid to be let down, you know, mm-hmm. but I just let all that go. It just was like such a beautiful, transformative experience. Um, and I came home and I told Steve all about it. And I just like felt new, you know, I felt renewed in a way that I hadn't in mm-hmm. such a long time mm-hmm. uh, and I couldn't explain it. And it just was so incredible. And so then I went about, you know, my day, my week, my, you know, getting back into life after traveling a few days later found out that I was pregnant and so that was November of 2019 and I just was floored you know but with it came all of the natural like nerves and you know will I'm pregnant does that mean I'll hold this baby Mm -hmm. all of those things you know Mm -hmm. and thankfully I had a beautiful pregnancy and a beautiful sweet little daughter was born in July of 2020 Uh, so that was almost like a wild redeeming moment for Mm -hmm. July for me Mm -hmm. because I had much loss and mm-hmm. so much sadness in that time of my life, mm-hmm. um, that it was really beautiful to experience the birth of my daughter um in those moments, in that moment in that month. Just really feel, you know, the Lord in all of that. And so I say that because you know, the beauty of my daughter being born was incredible, you know. But the Lord was with me in every single moment, in all of that desolation, and all those years of suffering, and all that time that I wondered like what my life was gonna look like. It wasn't just in like the resurrection moment, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't just in that time where I mm-hmm. felt like, you know, the uh, the joy was fulfilled. And I think that was something that I had to learn to in, in the waiting was that the joy was not going to be fulfilled in the birth of my daughter as a whole. So mm-hmm. that was a joy that I was given. That was a beautiful gift. But like the joy was in the relationship with the Lord in the knowing that he's with me in every moment you know, in the pressing into that waiting with him, mm-hmm. instead of saying the joy will come on this conditional aspect that I'm asking. Yeah, for. and
0: I, I think as I read uh, your words and and I'm listening to you now, that whole thing about we're made for a fullness, we're made for our the promises to be fulfilled. Like we yeah. have that contingency on our creator in whose image we are made and who is the promise keeper. And he is Mm -hmm. the one who made us Mm -hmm. in his image of giving love. And so when we imitate that, when we are that, we have that gift of feeling this this fulfillment, this filling up. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as I was reading and hearing, you know, um, your words, I think that many times our life can bring us to this almost uh, like a focus on the way the fulfillment will look. Yes. And our hearts get attached to that idea or that image or that feeling that we need to have this thing. What I'm hearing from your story is that you live something that you did not plan to live. And Correct. yet the Lord was <laughs> able to sort of draw you continually in it yes which whoa (laughs)
2: yeah I i think that's it you know and i think for me that's why as difficult as it was this has been like one of the most beautiful aspects most transformative aspects of my life journey of my faith in some in total because my whole life I mean like I had a great childhood I grew up in the church I went to youth group I went to church camp I went to I mean like I did stuff in college related to ministry and I just felt so connected but I do think looking back that a lot of it was because I thought like well, I'm doing these good things and then good things will come. That not, wasn't necessarily the right uh, posture of heart, you know, or, or to, you know, place to be in terms of what it meant to be in relationship with the Lord. And so I think that this whole experience that I've had in my young adult and adult life has just really, like you said, drawn me into what it means to be, you know, a daughter of God, to have this identity in Christ based on my inherent dignity on being made in the image and likeness without relation to circumstance or or whatever my life might look like. Mm -hmm. It was just an absolute point of growth for me to, to experience this because I went into a deeper level, into a deeper relationship with the Lord than I ever had Mm -hmm. uh, because my reliance was fully on him, Mm -hmm. you know, because basically for the first time in my life the thing that I was trying to achieve or the thing that I wanted could not be gained from my own control. I had little instances of that throughout my life, but none that tested my faith that much. None that really made me have to fully give it to God in that way. Um, And I think that's why it was so transformative for me because I just needed to have total reliance to just really trust that no matter what, you know, child or not, Um, that my life was meant to be, you know, fulfilling and joyful, and to point toward God and have meaning. Mm -hmm.
1: You're reminding me a lot of one of my absolute favorite scripture verses in Hebrews 12, when he says, um, to fix our eyes on Christ, pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Mm -hmm. And he says, who for the sake of the joy laid before him endured the cross, not Mm -hmm. despising the shame. And just like, the reality that what's moving to me about it and what I'm hearing in your story and what I hear in a lot of the stories that we've been hearing is God's eternal perspective of knowing what is on the other side of the cross and being able to call that joy. Like when we look at a crucifix, it doesn't look like joy, right? But like he knew that he was doing it for the sake of the joy that lay before him and that joy was having you and me with him, Mm -hmm. right? And so like, that's just like such a beautiful, I think what you're sharing is a beautiful experience of what it's like to kind of go through a moment of purification and to be able to look at it through the eyes of God with a little different perspective and to be able to say on the other side of this lies joy. And I think one of the things that I related to in your letter was when you were talking about just like struggling with how do I share this? Like, will people think that I've struggled enough for to even have a story? Mm, mm, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's something that so many of us really do wonder when we go to when we go to testify, when we go to give our witness, do I have enough of a story mm. for it to matter? Mm. And I think yeah. that like the way that you're sharing and the way that that Jesus models this for us and we go through it in like many little different ways, you know, usually compared to to the way that he did, but that idea of comparative suffering, of sitting back and saying, yeah, but she's gone through more or that person's life was harder or um, I don't know, their conversion was more dramatic or whatever, like Mm. that those stories still have value and they still reflect just such a unique part of God's heart in the way that he's telling his story through us. Mm. And, um, and so I just, I'm so grateful for, for the way that you're, so willing to be open and vulnerable with, with your story and to be so generous with it.
2: Thanks, sister. I appreciate that. I think exactly what you're saying. It's, it was a lot of that wondering, like you said, that comparative suffering. And I knew that, that, you know, I had brought that in so many, into so many aspects of my life, but I've learned too, you know, when women share their story with me or when they've shared part of the things that they've been through I would never be like well this isn't enough you know uh, <laughs> right, that's not right. where that's not what I'm thinking you know at all mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like why then would I think that someone else or that the Lord would think that when I'm bringing this you know when I'm when I'm trying to lay this down um and so that was helpful for me too to to understand when one other woman were you know sharing with me like that was never my response but it is so hard to get out of your own head and think mm-hmm. like yeah there's just so many roadblocks to, to healing and walking through those things, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah. There's so much about your experience that there's a before almost and an after, you could say, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, as I'm thinking about here you are now, okay, you're given this gift of this beautiful daughter, but they're still waiting. There's still the unknown that mm-hmm. is still uh, going to call on you certain uh, surrenderings and and releasing and and still loving in the midst. And so I was thinking, maybe for those who are listening, who may still have this great desire for a relationship, and they find themselves not in one, or who are hoping for a child, and they still are not sure how that's going to look. Like, what would you say to them, especially when they're in that period of like, you know, is God really gonna be who he says he is, like, what would you say to them?
2: I would say yes, that the Lord is always who he says he is. I Mm -hmm. think it took my own, like, just thinking about my own experience, it took me reflecting on that, to look back on that, to see that he was always that way, Mm -hmm. that it was either my own uh, limited understanding or was my own suffering that didn't allow me to see into that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, now that I'm in that season of answered prayer, like you said, it has its own anxieties, it has its own issues, you know, everything that I dealt with in terms of like loss and waiting was brought into when my daughter came into the world having anxieties related to like, is she gonna be okay, Mm -hmm. there is no guarantee, you know, so it wasn't just like, here's this perfect baby, everything is wonderful. Mm -hmm. So what I would then have to do is surrender, you know, is Mm -hmm. to give it to God and say, you know what, Lord, like, take, take care of it, and help me and show me you know what you're asking of me in this moment. So that's all I would say to anyone who's in a period of waiting, you just keep going back to God with it, asking him, you know, where he's calling you in that moment because we're given these unique gifts and talents. It's not like he just allows us to be in that season of waiting and drift. There is purpose mm-hmm. in that season of waiting. There is intention to be found in that season of waiting. So I think my biggest thing that I would or like the thing I would most encourage someone to do is to ask the Lord like what his will is for you in that waiting because you're you're not meant to just drift season to season. You're not meant to say, I was not in relationship now I am and so for then I am fulfilled you know all of your life into that is meant to have fulfillment and to find those moments of intention and joy and also you know how to abide in that suffering ask God for that as well because I know it's easy to say ask the Lord what your will is you know and then just keep you know hang in there you know I know that is so it's not an actual like, like please no. don't say no. that to me <laughs> That's like the most frustrating know. Thing. yeah it's like, you're going to be okay. Five years down the road, you'll be fine. Everything's great. Um, so mm-hmm. I know that that is not a, the most uh, encouraging thing to just say, like, just hang on. But also finding the joy in the now, finding the peace mm-hmm. and the courage and where you're called and, and who you're meant to be in the now.
0: Good, good stuff. And I think it goes back also to what you shared earlier, Sister Benedicta, about Hebrews and and fixing our eyes. On the Lord and sometimes that's it's just even how do I see God and how is God purifying my vision you know because we're seeing through our experience we're seeing through our 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 need and sometimes that that vision needs to be purified because God's Mm -hmm. like I'm not the kind of dad that gives you a stone (laughs) if you're asking for bread I want to give you bread and you might be asking for a stone like you really want a stone and he's like I don't give stones for breakfast it's toast (laughs) or nothing you know (laughs) and that
1: he's the author of those desires like the good desires that we have he's the author of them and he wants to fulfill them but he's he's probably, I'm not even going to say he might, he, he's probably going to do it in a really surprising way, you know, and in a way we may not even recognize Mm -hmm. until we're like standing, looking at him going, okay, what was that all about? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and it's so easy. I know in my own experience, even of just like sitting there and just being like, if you've authored this desire, well then maybe you're just cruel. And I think it's really easy to sit in that space with God and, and it's really hard to come out of it. And, and to trust that he is good and he is going to give us the toast, you know? And um, But one thing that I think I'm hearing too in your story, Katie, is so often when we are able to live into the difficulties and when we are able to live into the surrender and trust that it requires, God opens a space for us to minister to others who have either similar or like adjacent experiences, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so like he it's one of the ways in which all things work to good for those who trust in God, Mm. right? Like that's, it's one of the ways in which he makes good out of evil and good that is better than the evil could have ever been evil, Mm. you know? And and it's just like, it's such a superb reality. You just stand in awe of Mm -hmm. it. Um, But again, it takes being in a place where you can trust it. And I think, I think one thing I would just say is like, for those who find themselves still in that place of suffering, of still wondering, like, is, is God just being cruel to know that others are praying for you and to know that others also have been there and have experienced that. And that that's not a bad place to be that, that Mm -hmm. like asking that question means that you are in relationship and you are on your way to that surrender. It's when we step back and stop caring that that it becomes really a problem.
0: I remember hearing someone say, because God moved toward us in love when he created us, he created us for the fullness, for everything. Mm -hmm. And so it's only like our subsequent fallenness that can shroud over that true goodness that he brought to us in creating us. And it's almost like our prayer can be, Lord, show me that love you had for me in the beginning, before all the fallenness and all of the just help me to see how that's where your heart is and so if my heart is feeling like oh he's condemning me or he's ruining me or he brought me into this living for for ruin um that's not the lord the lord's image that we're made in is this gift of love and this way of calling forth our life for us to be fully abundantly alive and mm. he can reveal that he has that power to take away the the blinders and to heal and to help Amen. us to see. Well, Katie, any, um, any final thoughts that you would like to share that just feels like what the spirit is inviting you to offer?
2: You know, I think just what you said in that last moment about living and it just reminded me this feeling of living and being fully alive. I think that was something that I in my experience, had to wrestle with a lot, you know, had to confront, had to look at and say, like, am I living fully alive? Am I really open to the will of God in my life, you know? And what does that love look like? And what does receiving that love look like? And um, how does that change me? You know, how does it get me out of my own Idea of what things should be, my own desire for control, my own attachment to a certain story, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. allow me to just be fully free to be alive, to be in relationship with the Lord, and to experience that joy Mm -hmm. just in being His daughter, you know, just in delighting Mm -hmm. in that in the most simple way. Mm -hmm. When everything else that I know isn't a sure thing, that's a sure thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that was just such a beautiful realization to come to throughout everything that I experienced was that no matter what, like his love abides, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'm, I can receive it if I'm open to it. And it's, it's there. I just, I just have to be open to it. Just remind me when you said that about, yeah. about living real life.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot like surrender, mm-hmm. like yes. of the thing, of the real, what's in front of me right now, what I'm living right now, whatever it's, you know, to just hand it over and to, yep. to really trust that there is a place for it and that if there are any voices telling me that I'm not worthy of connection, that there is no purpose, that um, my, my difficulty is just a sign of my own inadequacy, that somehow it's my fault. Um, these are all voices that are from the enemy of our souls who is not... The creator of our of our being and who is not holding us in existence and it's almost to Mm -hmm. let that go that's a surrender to like put Mm -hmm. that down at the foot of the cross and to ask that the love of god embrace us where Mm -hmm. the control is actually then given over back to the one who can handle his control very well (laughs) the lord the father knows exactly what he's doing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we can um, turn all of this conversation and and all of this that we've shared over to the Lord in prayer. Sister Benedict, I know that you um, you have a prayer for us. I do. And I'm just going to preface this by saying
1: this is a hard prayer to say. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking maybe actually we would ask the sisters to put the text of this prayer in the show notes. And then as we pray along with it, like, there are probably some lines that are easier to say to the Lord. And there are some lines that it's like, "Mm, I will say that to you later, Jesus, you know? (laughs) Um, And, and just to invite people actually to maybe look over it a couple of times and see like, where, where does my heart say yes to God in this? And where does my heart kind of like pull back a little bit and just to pay attention to that and see maybe what the Lord might be inviting us Mm, to in it. So this is the act of surrender to the will of God. And this is from our uh, Pauline prayer book that our community uses. My God, I do not know what will happen to me today. I only know that nothing will happen to me that was not foreseen by you and directed to my greater good for all eternity. This is enough for me. I adore your eternal and unfathomable designs. I submit to them with all my heart for love of you. I offer the sacrifice of my whole being to you and join my sacrifice to that of Jesus, my divine savior. In his name and by his infinite merits, I ask you for patience in my sufferings and perfect submission so that everything you want or permit to happen will result in your greater glory and my sanctification. Amen. Amen. Virgin
0: Mary, mother of Jesus. Make us saints. Amen. Oh man, this is a good conversation. was. Oh man. Yeah, it's like some good rice and gravy that my grandmother cooked. <laughs> 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 Katie. There it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Katie, thank you so much for, for being who you are and for um offering the gift of that 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 you've lived so far. And also being with us even through your social media presence and um, why don't you share where people can find you on social media?
2: Sure. Thank you, sisters. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I had so much fun with you this morning. I'm just so grateful um, that you invited me here to do this. And you can find me mostly on Instagram at the real Katie Waldow. Uh, I also have a blog, HeyKatie.co, but I spend most of my time probably on Instagram. Great. So that's your best.
0: Great. Awesome. <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining us today on the Daughters Project podcast. We are really grateful to God for the times that we get to spend together and know that we keep you and your own journeys in our prayers uh, before the Blessed Sacrament in our daily prayer. And we just want you to know that the Lord is with you, that he's true and he is faithful. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at DaughterSTPaul. God bless you.